Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Tuesday show where we talk about some news in the restaurant world as well as a meal at a new restaurant that I think you'll want to learn more about. To do that, I am joined by a new co-host this week. She is the staff writer for TheInfatuation.com. Chelsea Thomas, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. I'm I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. This is awesome. I I should say I've known you for a long time, long before you were part of the infatuation. You worked at yes. a whole bunch of restaurants, <laughs> Uchi, Bernadine's, which is I the closure of Bernadine still hurts my soul a little bit. It was my one of my absolute favorite restaurants. Same, but I'm glad. But we have Winnie's now, which is Graham's new restaurant. So thank thankful for that. That's true. And then you were at Nancy's Hustle for a long time, which of course is a restaurant that I adore. So yes, uh, you yes. have, you have, you have serious industry chops to go along with your job at the infatuation. So, so let me just ask you, we'll, we'll before we dive into the news of the week, mm-hmm. what is the infatuation for anyone who, who maybe <laughs> hasn't had a chance to read it yet? Uh, so the infatuation is a food writing and restaurant review website. Uh, we sort of aim to bring you um, you know, expert recommendations from locals in your city um, for any situation, any dining dilemma that you have. Uh, so we visit prob- the writers specifically at the infatuation visit probably anywhere from five to 10 restaurants a week. Uh, we pay for all of our own meals. We try to dine anonymously and we're sort of just doing research into different cuisines, different neighborhoods, checking everything out, trying to give you an honest uh criticism viewpoint or praise of restaurants around you so you can kind of figure out where to eat on a daily basis yeah and and it's all like very well organized it's broken down by different neighborhoods or different cuisines or different occasions so everything from uh where to eat the best barbecue to where to take your third grade friend (laughs) yes so we try to give we try to do some basic coverage in terms of you know the best of this kind of cuisine. So we have barbecue, Chinese, we're working on Indian food. Uh, We also do Thai food, Vietnamese, banh mi. So really diving into all those little granular details of what, you know, cuisines you could be interested in. And then we'll also break that down by neighborhood, specifically sort of in the the Houston area. We'd love to stretch out into the greater Houston area, but we're sort of focused in the city right now. So Montrose, the Heights, Spring Branch, um, different neighborhoods around town, and then try to break it down into what you might be wanting to go out for. Like maybe you do have a third rate friend. It's someone from work that you kind of know that you, maybe you want to get to know better and you're not sure where to take them or maybe where to take your parents or a bar for a first date, uh, anything like that. So yeah, the the website, which uh, for Houston is the infatuation.com slash Houston. Um, has all of that broken down, as well as our app, which has that too. And then here in Houston, we do have an Instagram that you can follow. So Instagram.com, in the it's infatuation underscore Houston. Uh, and then we also write a newsletter as well. And that just kind of helps people find information on the website. But we also have a little bit of fun in there and get a little cheeky. So the newsletter is a great way to get to know us too. Yeah. And then just the one thing that you said that I just want to emphasize is that you're, you pay for all your own food. Yes. Which 
you know, you're, you're owned by Chase. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, business daddy for funding <laughs> this project uh, and the, the dinner that we're about to, we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but uh, that's important. I think in, in an age of, of influencers and hosted this and all that it's, there's a, there's a real integrity to that. Yeah, it's really nice to be outside of the PR chaos of it all um, and be able to go in with a really, um, with a really, I don't know, almost a seemingly anonymous ability to just check out a restaurant, feel like a regular diner, pay for everything that we order, we aren't influenced by, you know, who might be doing marketing, who might not be doing marketing. So it's nice to be able to just feel like a you know, regular diner going for a meal and, you know, ordering probably twice as much food, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a way we can try everything. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's dive into the news of the week. Topic number 1. The folks behind Dallas's XOXO Dining Room have opened Postscript, a new fine dining restaurant in Upper Kirby. I I still it's called the it's called the Shops that Arrive. They took over the old Del Frisco's oh, grill space. Yes. Uh right across the street from Pondicherry. For for the purposes of of our conversation, I'm describing it as a very pink interior and a menu by Brian Caswell, who uh, has been on the show in various roles in the past, but he was obviously very well known for Reef, his Gulf Coast seafood restaurant in the kind of the mid aughts into the 20 teens. Uh, he had El Real Tex-Mex. He had Little Bigs, a slider thing. He had Stella Sola, uh, an Italian restaurant. But uh, Chelsea, I, I say all that to say to you. Like knowing these kind of facts about Postscript, I know you haven't had a chance to eat there yet, but but what are your kind of expectations for Postscript? I think my expectations for Postscript is that it's just going to be a, a fun place to be silly and extravagant. It is extremely pink. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if anyone would describe me as a whimsical person, but I can get into some pink interiors every now and then. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what the fun is going to be there. I know they have that push for champagne button. So I think that it's a little tongue in cheek maybe, which I can get into. And um, I like Brian Caswell's food. I dined at Reef a number of times. And I know that he's been sort of off consulting for about five years or so. So I'm looking forward to him returning to the kitchen and seeing what he's going to do, if he's going to bring some of that Gulf Coast food back. But I know that looking at the menu, it's pretty beef heavy got the smoked pork chop on there so it feels like um someone came into del frisco's and like did like a little barbie makeover which is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think for me right brian's menu is the big draw like you said he's been kind of laying low uh mm -hmm. since reef closed in in 2019 he's been consulting this really does mark his return now he's he's consulting here too but he's actually in the kitchen and and when i I spoke to him last week for a culture map article. I said, well, how long? And he said, I don't want to put a time limit on it. He, he was a little bit cagey and I think he's going to be here. I think he's going to be in there for at least the next several months. Like, I, I don't know exactly. I don't know what his, his future plans are, but he's got a good crew in there with him. You know, JD Woodward who ran 1751 CN bar and worked for him like way back in the day. And then the GM is Stephen Ripley who, ran monkey tail for a long time, like was at Helen for a number of years is like open the Jonathan's, the rub out on Memorial drive, like uh Stephen's a veteran guy. So, and, and Jeb Stewart, who was the 
sommelier and GM at Cultivare for a number of years. So it's a solid crew. And, and talk about sort of my expectations. It's like, okay, if those people are all involved with this, then I have to take the food seriously, right? This is not just some like fly-by-night Instagram thing that's going to be here and gone in a year or two, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names about another restaurant on Kirby down the street. That's a rhymes with, uh, I don't know, seven, right. Uh, that, that, that I feel like is maybe not sort of built to last. This seems like a real commitment from, from this Dallas based restaurant group to, to do something kind of permanent in Houston. Yeah. I mean, I try not to wade too much into the who's who of it all. Um, just cause I want to keep a little bit of, uh, I want to keep a little bit of my opinion, not, I won't say it totally objective, a little more objective when I go in and dine for the first time, but it is nice to see that there's a real effort to make the food exciting because I know that I've been to quite a few of these open and, and shutter quickly club restaurant places, which can be pretty fun, but you know, the food is definitely not, it's not winning any awards, but the vibe is always great or at least extremely interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going and trying it and uh, wearing something fun because I know they have that kind of they have that dress code there, which normally I'm not I'm not super into dress codes at restaurants because it feels a little you know a little too stuffy. But I can I can understand why they have one here because you're sort of it's like almost you're going to like a tea party, but they have a tomahawk ribeye there. Yeah, they're trying to create an experience. And, yeah, and I think people will, regardless of like what what's on the website about the dress code. I think people will naturally want to dress up just because yeah. the room kind of lends itself to that mm-hmm. kind of sense of occasion. Yes. Yeah. It def- definitely has a sense of occasion when you have giant butterflies all around the outside of the restaurant, you, you know, you're stepping into something interesting. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. The team behind MF sushi has opened MF lobster and ceviche in Autry park. That is the mixed-use development on Allen Parkway where Annabelle Brasserie and Auden have opened. The menu features, like I, like as a as a kind of borderline Gen Xer, like I, this is where I want to make the Forrest Gump reference. Uh, <laughs> you got you got steamed lobster, you got brown butter lobster bao, you got lobster roll, you got lobster bisque, lobster pasta, lobster tacos. I I I hadn't really thought about it. You can do a lot with lobster. You can barbecue it, boil it, brawl it. Bake it, saute it, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. You can do so many, so many different things with lobster, and they are doing all of them. Yeah, it seems like you know someone here really likes lobster, which you know, go for it. Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't like lobster? Or, <laughs> no, no, you know, other than I guess people who have a shellfish allergy or keep kosher. Yeah, well, at least if you have a shellfish allergy, you'll you'll know that you can't go here pretty automatically. There wasn't, there won't be any question about that. Yeah, there's ceviche with salmon, tuna, but like it, it won't be fun. I mean, you, you know, you, you have you'll have you'll have three ceviches and everybody else is crushing lobster rolls and you'll just feel left out. Yeah, there's it seems pretty. I mean, I think of lobster as pretty extravagant. I guess that's maybe not necessarily true anymore, considering there are now restaurants completely dedicated to lobster. It seems. Um, but I always think of the like, oh, we're adding on a lobster tail with our dinner. You know, it's very shishi. But 
I'm, I'm really excited for this. I, I love MF Sushi. It's one of our highest rated sushi restaurants on the Infatuation website. I think we have it at an 8.5, uh, mostly for the amazing omakase at MF. Um, so I know that based on how incredible the omakase is there and how much attention to detail they have at the food at MF, I'm sure it's going to be equal here. So I'm looking forward to trying this place. And I've had quite a few lobster dishes at MF. It's always been incredible. So I have no doubt that this is going to be just as fun. So I'm, I can't wait to go. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, the, the only other thing to, to bring up is the building is completely round. And that's a, that's a big part of their, like, in the press release with the details about the design. It's a completely round restaurant. I, I don't know what the benefits of a completely <laughs> round restaurant versus a rectangular restaurant are, but I, I feel like if I didn't at least bring that up, I would be doing everyone a disservice. So, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have an opinion on round restaurants? Um, do I have an opinion? Round restaurants, like is the are is the bar, are the tables all going to be round? Like, are we doing? Are we really going round with it? You know what I mean? Like, are <laughs> we, the tables are round, the bar is round, the art is, is round. Like, I'm really hoping it's just like. As as deep as they've crushed themselves into this lobster thing, like, are we going to go full bore with the round? Because I would be super into that. Is the only song on the soundtrack round and round? I mean, like, how how far yeah. down the rabbit hole are we going? It's just you spin me right round, like on oh, a, on a loop. Nice. That's a good poll that I wish I had thought of. <laughs> All right, that seems like a good excuse to move on to topic number three. <laughs> the Tipping Point Coffee, which uh, had been located downtown for a number of years, is moving to Montrose, where they will occupy. Uh, they will they will be in in concert with Ninety Three Till, the record bar and restaurant next to the Manil. David Rodriguez, who is the owner of the Tipping Point, and Lung Lee, who is the owner of Ninety Three Till, are working on a breakfast menu that will go with all of the coffee dishes. Chelsea, I, I tried to look up 93 Till on the infatuation and it doesn't seem to be listed. So have you been, and if so, what do you think? So I have been, but I went a little bit prior to my starting at the infatuation. I know that my co-writer has been to 93 Till and I think it's just a matter of, we wanted to give it a couple more visits before we reviewed it. So. Oftentimes, if we do visit a place, we are not going to go just once and write about it. We'll usually go two or sometimes three times just to get a different idea of what's going on there. So you won't find everything on the website, but we're working we're working ourselves to the bone trying to get there. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited about this. I live right off West Main. Um, so I walk by 93 Till probably every single day with my dogs in the morning. And um, I'm always thinking to myself, dang, it'd be really nice to get a coffee right here. Uh, so now I can do that, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, see, I, I think that perspective is so interesting because I, I used to live off of Mandel for many years. And I thought, mm -hmm. man, there's a lot of coffee in that neighborhood. I mean... <laughs> It, at the very at the very least, right, there's Black Hole, which has been there forever and and remains mm -hmm. kind of a neighborhood staple. But of course, if you go up to Westheimer, Blacksmith, Refuge, you know, you've got uh, La La Kind Cafe now at, at Montrose Collective. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's Citizens of Montrose, which is right there. They do great coffee. 
Right, right. Aussie Coffee. Uh... Mm-hmm. And Campesino, which is just up Wa from Blacksmith. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of coffee shops. I right. think Polly's, though. Right, Brazil, yeah. Common Bond, Agora. The, the mind the mind boggles i mean what <laughs> what is what does a coffee shop have to do to i mean with so much competition what are you what are you looking for from a coffee shop what would what would help it crack your rotation well i think that you bring up a good point there are a ton of coffee shops in montrose however as a as a new resident of this sort of south corner of montrose there isn't a lot of coffee within walking distance um so yeah sometimes i'll walk all the way up to blacksmith which you know that takes quite a while um or i'll walk over to black hole again quite a ways but you have to cross some pretty busy streets to get there so i have to cross richmond or i have to cross um westheimer to get to those places so it's nice that this one's sort of in the neighborhood right next to the manil and i think for me a good coffee shop i am definitely a bit of a coffee snob which mostly just means i've been to every coffee shop in town and probably like all of them uh but i think it just needs to have really good drip coffee and really good iced coffee especially in that area because i think most of the people who will be visiting during the morning probably in the neighborhood walking their dogs i mean i see so many people out walking in the morning and i'm sure they would love to swing in for like a cup or something iced while they're walking around and i think Good service is always key for a coffee shop. You got to make sure you're pretty quick, especially if the Manila starts sending patrons over there. People are going to it's going to get busy pretty quickly. So I think just great service, a good drip, a good iced coffee. If you can make some bomb espresso, I'll take that. But, you know, if I'm if I'm in the neighborhood, just something easy to rely on is what I can appreciate. Yeah. And I, you know, if I were better prepared, I, I could tell you that this. This space was a coffee shop many, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, like ca- Artisans years ago. Cafe, right? Artiste. 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 Yes. yes. I'm thinking of Artisans, yes. that, the restaurant you talked about the other week. No, Ar- Cafe Artiste. That's yes. right. No, yeah, the Cafe Artiste, and then it was Lowbrow, and then it was Night Heron, and now it's 93 Till, and it's gone through all these iterations. As an, uh, Lowbrow did brunch, but I know that you know Night Heron and now 93 Till only do evening service and i'm just like god i wish someone would serve a cup of coffee over here so yeah. i'm i'm really excited yeah and the tipping point had a good reputation downtown yeah. they, had a, they had a good run and yeah i think i think this is going to be a nice a nice pair yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what they do for breakfast i know that some of the dishes at 93 till are a bit on the heavier side even if they're small plates so i'm wondering is it going to be you know, grab and go because that would be excellent. It'd be nice to just like pick up a like, small bite of something, not that isn't a pastry. You know, because I feel like a lot of coffee shops, you can grab something there, but it's almost always a pastry. Which you know, I won't say no to a pastry, but I would like something savory every now and then. Yeah, something um, with a little protein, something to kind of kick your day off. Yeah, or is it going to be a sit down situation? You have you kind of feel like you have to stay there. So I'm going to see how they deal with balancing that. That'll be, I think that'll kind of be what sets that place apart. If you can feel, it feels a little more casual neighborhood walk-up cafe, I think would, would do well there. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think maybe a balance because I, because I like that sit down experience it Mm -hmm. at a place like citizens, but I do recognize that most people, uh, 
people with real jobs, not not like our jobs, but people with real jobs. Hey. Uh, Want to? <laughs> no, no, nobody, nobody who has a, like an office job thinks we have a real job. They, that's they think true. They think we're the luckiest people in the world, basically. So, uh, <laughs> but but those people might have offices to get to or, or things to do. So yeah, they they need a a grab and go situation with breakfast. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then the very rare topic number four. And I, I don't want to dwell on this too much. I want to I want to wrap this up fast, but I do think it's cool. Winfield's Chocolates, which is the evolution of uh, what used to be called the Chocolate Bar, has a new partnership with Kroger, and they are now available in 29 Houston area stores, like all over the city. Kingwood, That's wild. Katie, That's so yeah. Rosenberg, I, I think maybe as far like maybe as far away as College Station, and you know I've been eating treats from the Chocolate Bar. Yeah. For many, many years. Uh, and I just think it's cool that you can get their chocolates. Like you can get their really good chocolate covered Oreos, chocolate covered Rice Krispie treats, bonbons that they all make by hand, all that stuff at Kroger's across the city. I just think it's cool. I think it's great. I mean, I used to go to the chocolate bar in high school and it'd be such a cool, I'd be like, oh, I'm going downtown. I'm going to the chocolate bar, which <laughs> was just, I don't know who I was bragging to about that. Um, but <laughs> I've always really liked the chocolate bar. And you know, I'm not going to knock having some locally made chocolates at the grocery store. That's great. Yeah. And there's a larger story to be told. They're making a lot more stuff in house now. They have a mm-hmm. an expert chocolatier uh, that they recruited from Canada. I sort of alluded to all that in the article. That's that's a larger story and probably a future podcast episode, honestly. But uh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we'll hear from the chocolate lady. But yes, I'm, I'm glad that you're in favor of this because I, I do think it's I do think it's cool that you can get. You can walk into a Katie Kroger and buy uh, Winfield's uh, bonbons and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always nice when a local you know, business, you know, make the, what was it? There's um, Bravado Spice that makes the the hot sauce. Like they're a local company that got into Whole Foods and some other grocery stores. So it's always nice to see Houstonians doing that. That's fun. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week stick around chelsea for our restaurant of the week i want to talk to you about basso this is the new basque restaurant in the heights uh, it's getting uh, a decent amount of attention. We've nominated it for, I think, two Tastemaker Awards, one for Rising Star Chef and one for Best New Restaurant. But I haven't seen a ton of media coverage. Like I see this, like it's it's making its way through the Facebook food groups and I'm seeing my friends go there on social media, all of which makes me happy. But there hasn't been a ton of coverage like on some of the other sites other than Culture Map. I know you're working on a review, obviously. That's why... Uh, we sort of picked this. So talk to me about our, our meal at Basso. Start with kind of your first impressions when you walked into the the space and started looking at the menu. Well, I will say before I get into that, we we have written up Basso on our hit list at the Infatuation. So um, we try to visit a lot of new restaurants as they open. And if we, if we like them, we think they're worth their money, we'll throw them on our hit list. Um, just to tell people this is a new place you should check out. And our hit list is great because it does lead into a, a wider review after we've done two to three visits at least and given the place a few weeks to kind of grow into itself. 
And then usually we'll sort of collect our hit list um, ads at the end of the year and turn that into what will eventually become our best new restaurants for the year list. So Basel's currently on our hit list. So obviously we like it. And I think my first impressions with you and then also when I went before was that the decor is very minimal, very, you know, sexy, dark lighting. They've got you know nice accoutrement tile and everything in there. It felt like if, if someone were to um, create a restaurant that looked like LA or what they thought an LA restaurant would look like and then put it in Houston, which is really fun. So it doesn't look like many other restaurants in Houston, which I can appreciate. It's got a little bit of a different perspective. And I like the sort of minimal, low slung um, vibes they have going on in there. Yeah, it's it's kind of long and narrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the most obvious sort of design feature is the open kitchen with the chef's counter where you can watch them kind of do their thing. So yeah, you but know. it's. I think the chef's counter is, is a little quieter than I expected. I feel like sometimes when you have that open kitchen, it feels super loud in the restaurant. And in there, I do think they maintain sort of this low, this low hum of, of nice background noise. So that was good, too. Yeah, they're not all like shouting, yes, chef, every five minutes, <laughs> right? They're, they're, they're just kind of doing their thing. Yeah, uh, they're not filming quietly. an episode of The Bear back there, which is great. I appreciate that. All right. So obviously we tried a whole bunch of stuff and you, you know, you've been uh, once before. So, so what do you kind of think are the standout dishes? What should people order if they go to Basso? I definitely think they should order the venison tartare. I love a tartare pretty much anywhere. Um, and I like that they're using a different protein for this, which obviously sometimes venison can be a bit gamey, but I think they do a really nice job of balancing that with a little bit of acid in there and some nice crispy toasts. So I really like that one. Um, I also love the cabbage dish that they do, which is this really soft charred cabbage with lamb bacon. There's a little bit of apple sweetness in it. And I think that kind of gives you a nice background, especially if you decide to order the shrimp, which I think both you and I agreed was our favorite dish of the night. Those shrimp on the half shell charred with just like a blanket of chili powder over top and lime that that was really excellent and then i would have to say i'll give it up for the pork chop there excellent pork chop perfectly cooked nice and tender you get a big wedge of orange to squeeze over and then can't end a night at a basque restaurant without a slice of the tarte de queso just just beautifully soft and lovely yeah i mean that that basque cheesecake is all good things so and good it is just one of those desserts that I I don't think I had encountered it until they started doing it at Rosie Cannonball. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And now it's like anytime I see it on a menu, I just that's it's like, yes, we're we're getting we may get another dessert in addition, but we're definitely getting that. Cause I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It was like 2020 was the year of sourdough, and then everyone discovering tarte de queso was a dessert. And right. I think that that has just I think it's continued on, but it's found it's it's rightful place at Basso, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm with you on kind of the rest of the menu. You know, I thought that that venison tartare, yeah, there's some sort of citrus acid component that kind of brightens mm -hmm. it up a little bit. Um, the spicy shrimp were a huge winner. And mm -hmm. the vermilion snapper, which, you know, yeah. uses that, you know, that wood burning hearth, which is really kind of the dominant, like you you can't miss it when you walk into the dining room. Yeah, no. Because uh, there's just like logs and flames and smoke and it's just... Uh, 
-hmm. So, you know, anything that kind of, anything that really like puts that fire to good use, I think is, is well done. And I mean, you didn't mention the, the bread service, but the, uh, but that manchego that they, they have with the bread is really tasty. And, uh, and even like the, you know, you mentioned the cabbages, but even like the little, you know, that lightly dressed kind of lettuce salad mm -hmm. and those, uh, those roasted potatoes with the cheese. Oh yeah. Were, Cheesy potatoes. Know, Always yeah. a winner. Yeah, it's it's like somewhere between sort of a potatoes a gratin and like uh, you know, cheese fries. Yeah, I thought it tasted like um like beer cheese fries, which is not a, which is not an insult at all. They were delicious. No. And I, I kept I kept being like, don't eat any more potatoes during our dinner in my head, but then I just kept eating them because they were delicious. Is there anything that missed for you? Because I I mean I, I I will admit I do have I do have one, at least one. Well, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned the bread service because I do like the idea of the bread service there. The manchego that's mixed in with that um, really nice whipped butter. But I, I don't know, maybe it's a textural thing, but I can't quite get into it. I kind of want the butter and the manchego sort of on the side with the bread. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's just me, but I love the flavor of manchego so much. And I kind of wish there was just like maybe honey with it too. just kind of go all in on that one. And I, I, I maybe I just want to reorient it a little bit, but I liked all the flavors. There was a quail dish that we tried and I thought the quail was perfectly cooked. It was it was great. It was just a little a little boring. It didn't have a lot going on, you know? Yeah, I, quail is such a mild kind of flavor already it just it felt like it needed something more to kind of elevate it just to kind of to lift it up a little bit and and i mean they bacon wrap the cabbage so don't bacon wrap the quail too but uh <laughs> you know that, that's usually why like you don't you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of roast quail at least not not around uh, houston that i can think of so yeah that was the only one that really kind of missed for me and then on my first visit that, that i went with a couple of friends we did the caviar service. I was wondering if you uh, had tried that. I did not try the caviar service. I would like to now that I've heard more about it. But when I went the when I went the first time, I was trying to go through more of the menu, and I didn't want to just go all in on the caviar service. You know. Yeah, it's an interesting preparation with their house made caramel and the stroopwafel. So you get like a a sweet and salty thing, and it's it's a kind of a contrast from you know, like a more traditional, like a potato or a pasta or, or no, not pasta, but uh, <laughs> like a blini. Yeah. Like sort, a blini. Yeah. yeah. Like it, like at postscript, you can get, you know, a caviar donut, which is, which is also kind of trading on that uh, sweet and salty thing that I think is kind of an interesting, an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I, I, I think, I think that was a fun contrast and it, I mean, it's splurgy. I mean, I, I want to say it's a hundred dollars or maybe even a little more. So it's, it's kind of that special occasion decision, but uh, I, I did enjoy it the one time I, I tried it. And, and you know, people who listen to our date night draft know that that was uh, Justin used cold appetizer on his date night. So, yeah, he was, when I was listening to that episode and he was describing it, I was like, dang, I really should have gotten that caviar stroopwafel thing. <laughs> so now I gotta go back and try that. Um, I'm not usually one for, I'll, I'll try caviar service sometimes. Um, I think it depends on, sort of the perspective of the research that I'm doing at that given restaurant, but definitely at Basso, I was like, I just want to get through this, this whole menu. So, um, right. 
Right. Like yeah. at Little's Oyster Bar, you got to get the caviar. It's such a big yeah. part of what they do. But yeah. other places, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, your your final thoughts, like, you know, service, wine list, overall experience. I was very impressed by all of that. I, I like the wine list. I think, you know, we sort of put the song through our paces and, and we're like, oh, you know, give me, you know, give me something that's a little different. She's like, oh, I've got this cool like orange wine that we're doing right now that, that I thought was like bright and fresh and uh, really enjoyed, especially with the snapper. So I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. I think the, the cocktail list is, is great. Um, I've tried four or five cocktails um, from Basso, just mine and tasting other friends and they're excellent, really balanced and i think go really well with the food they don't clash with the food which is really nice i think really good support there and the same with the wine list i mean it's a lot of natural wines some basque wine spanish wine lots of bright acidic some funkier things which i think especially with that the smoky aspect of some of the food really balances out really nicely so i think all around impressed with where they're going with the menu and i think the service is good it's not too intrusive but the servers seem to know the menu well enough to talk to you about it. I think that they did a great job keeping our table and the, our table, the time we went and the time I was there before, you know, nice and tidy and giving me good recommendations. So I, I think it's great. Yeah. And we, we should say you, you may try to dine uh, semi anonymously <laughs> as much as you can. I am the least anonymous diner in Houston. I, I interviewed yeah. the owners before the restaurant opened. They, you know, you know, as soon as I walked in the door, it was higher. I could, uh, yeah, Chelsea's <laughs> Chelsea's sitting down in the dining room. She's uh, waiting for you. So, uh, yeah, you know, to yeah, whatever, yeah. To, to however much that affects, to however much that affects the experience, I, I sort of feel compelled to acknowledge it. Um, yeah. but you know, the, the standard for, for restaurants on this podcast is, is would you go back? I would definitely go back. I would love to go back there. I think it would be a really great date night. Um, I think any special occasion would be super fun there. Any kind of maybe like you're on a third date with somebody and you're like, yeah, this is going great and take them there. Um, any kind of anniversary or even if you like a more low key birthday, I think that would be great. Or if you're just really into seafood and do pretty well there. Yeah, I think I think I, I would agree with all of that. I still haven't had the you you mentioned the pork chop. I haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to try that yet. They do big ribeyes on that wood grill that I really want to try. And yeah, I think I'm, I've been very pleased. Uh, you know, I liked my first meal at the restaurant at the very end of December, uh, maybe the week they opened. And then I thought it was, it was so much better on our visit that the menu was more focused. The dishes had obviously been tweaked a little bit. It It's like those guys are evolving really fast. And I just think I agree. Like, yeah. I really think like it's going to get better and better. And this is kind of the, this is kind of the early, I mean, we've got a lot of great restaurants that are going to open in this town in 2024, but this is, this is the early favorite for best new restaurant, in my opinion. I think so. I, the first time that I dined there, I had a lot of dishes that you and I shared as well. And I liked all of them. I could see that they really were kind of getting things together the service was great that night too. The wine list and the cocktails were all excellent that night. The food definitely needed a little bit more detail, a little more attention. And so I was so glad that I had that second experience with you because I could tell that they really were 
sort of tightening the screws in all the right places and adding little touches here and there. And it felt more dialed in. And I was, I was glad that I was able to go, I'm able to go multiple times to restaurants. I could really check out that progression, especially for a new place. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that does it for the restaurant of the week. Chelsea Thomas, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Eric. It was great. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Join me on Thursday when my guests will be Julia Sherby and David Grossman from Fusion Eats.